My name is Preston Grace, and I'd like to welcome you to the No Walls Podcast. Hello and welcome to the No Walls Podcast. We are switching this thing up today. My name is Taylor, and I am the student pastor here at the Brick Church, and we are here with our host, Preston Grace. How are you, sir? I'm great, bro. I'm excited to be here. So today I wanted to switch this thing up a little bit um, because... We're doing something unique at the church um, for us. You know, we every year in July, we do what we call at the movies. And so we take blockbuster movies and we use those movies to preach truths about God's word. So what that looks like is we'll take clips throughout a movie and kind of take the plot line of a movie and we'll turn that into a sermon, um, which is an interesting concept to me because uh, it's different. Uh, you don't see it everywhere. Uh, to my knowledge, we're the only church in our city that does it. Mm-hmm. And we got the idea from Life Church, so it's not like we did the originators of it. Um, <clears throat> but it's interesting because um, I didn't grow up in the church, but I have been in the church for over 10 years now. And um, <clears throat> people don't love <clears throat> the idea. Yeah. Uh, particularly church people don't love the idea. Like, it's fascinating to me because I've heard the title seeker friendly be thrown at us a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely thrown at life church all the time, uh, which is interesting. And so I think my first question today is, um, when you hear the phrase seeker friendly, what comes to mind? Yes. So when I hear the phrase seeker friendly, um, I, I think it's never used in a positive connotation. (laughs) So like, I've never heard someone be like, your church is seeker friendly and like I love it. It's you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's never like that. It's it's normally like they're trying to say your church is watered down and uh so like just by, like just to give a definition, I think seeker friendly would be like you're getting people in the door that maybe aren't used to being in church or don't have a church background. Yeah. Um but instead normally the connotation is like your church is watered down and like the gospel isn't really prevalent yeah. in it. So <laughs> that's interesting to me. Um <clears throat> Because, like, it's it, it's contentious. Like, people will get really, really offended about being called a seeker-friendly church. Like, it, I mean, I've seen on my Facebook feed many a times people get into, like, these hot, contested debates over, my church isn't seeker-friendly, da-da-da-da-da. <clears throat> when I think of seeker-friendly, <clears throat> why, why would we not be? Right. <clears throat> Like, uh, it's such a weird thing to be sad that you're called, like, because it seems like it's exactly what we should be uh, when it comes to the church and the way it's built. And when it comes to how Jesus seemed to handle basically everyone in his life, it's he seemed very friendly to people who don't know who he is. He didn't throw a stone, you know, like he, he, he had the conversation with the one with the woman. I mean, basically, every story Jesus has with a sinner is like, Oh, yeah, let's have a conversation. It's just fascinating to me <clears throat> that it, it seems like such a negative connotation because it seems like a good thing. Yeah. Like, if you were to read dictionary definition of seeker-friendly, you would be like, oh, yeah, that's really great. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so why do you think, why do you think, first off, let, let, me, let me ask this question first. Why do you think people are so defensive about it? Like, why do you think people's feelings get hurt when they're told the church they attend is seeker-friendly? I think a lot of times, like, people do get really defensive about it, and I think it's just because they think that the person that's saying it to them is saying it in a negative connotation. I think a lot of times, 
like you don't necessarily have to disagree with what someone is saying about you for you to be mad about it if they mean it in a in a bad way. And, That's fair. Um, but yeah, I think there's also like this, there's this idea behind it when people say it a lot of times in a negative connotation that like you're not edifying the saints, like you're just you know, and then it kind of seems to, uh, what's the word? It seems to like make the assumption that the people in your congregation like aren't real Christians. I think that's kind of like the assumption that comes with it. So I think that's why people get defensive. Is like, it, it feels like they're saying like, oh, y'all aren't real Christians. Y'all are just like pretend Christians. And I think that that tends to come with, with that phrase. So it's very, yeah, it's almost like, uh, it's like someone saying to you, this thing that's really special to you doesn't exist. Yes. Yeah. Or it'd be like, <clears throat> it'd be like uh, someone trying to convince you somehow your wife isn't your wife. Right. Like, <laughs> Wait, what? I was there. Yeah. How are you going to tell me She's not my wife. Like, <laughs> it's absurd. And I think, <clears throat> I think in general, that happens a lot, <clears throat> that um, we we get really defensive because people are trying to tell us something that we believe isn't true is true. Yeah. But, like, also, I'm not going to get into an argument <clears throat> over whether or not Nicole is my wife. Right. Because I know Nicole's my wife. Yeah. I'm curious if sometimes we feel the need to defend our church um, isn't so much us defending as much as is insecurity. Because <clears throat> as much as it is, we're not actually sure we're doing it the way we're supposed to. We're not actually sure that this is how we've been called to do it. <clears throat> um, and I think anytime you aren't sure of the step you're taking, right? Don't get me wrong. I actually don't think you can be that sure of very many things <clears throat> because you can't see the future. There's always a chance something can go wrong. What I do think you can be sure, though, of is that this is the most right, best decision I can take today. Mm-hmm. With the data I have, this is the best move I can make. I just think that sometimes we're not confident in the steps we're taking, which creates tension for us. So then when someone comes and hits us with a, you're seeker-friendly, we're not, we're not entirely sure we're good with that. Yeah. <clears throat> wait, wait, are we not loving our people? <laughs> are we not leading our people? <laughs> are people not being changed? And I think it just kind of backworks pit away from there. Let me ask you a question. Would you say that we're seeker friendly at the Brick Church? Yes, I, I would say that we are. <clears throat> are you cool with being seeker friendly? I am very cool with being seeker friendly. I've we've seen just like to be around for a while. You'll see people come in and like you just see you see lives change whenever people come in and they're messy. So people come in and they're messy, and then like within like it's not always a fast turnaround, but like you progressively see like the fruit of like them having a relationship with Jesus. And I think that's really cool. And I think, I think the churches that edify the saints, I think that's a cool thing too. And I think, I don't think that we don't do that. So like, that's not me, you know, but like whenever, whenever the focus is getting people in here who don't know Jesus and uh, getting them to know Jesus, I just think you get to, to see the, like the fruit on that a little bit. So you're saying that, so you're saying edifying, you mean like we're, we're, we're building people up, right, making yeah, them better. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so do you feel like by being seeker friendly in the sense of we're going to endeavor to make church easy for you, we're not going to try to hit you with words like propitiation when maybe <laughs> you didn't even graduate high school, right? We're not yeah. about to throw around Greek at you all day long because, well, you don't know Greek because you didn't study Greek. Right, uh, yeah. We're going to endeavor to try to make this place welcoming and comfortable so that when you get here, you might be able to hear a harder truth. You might be able right. to process data that doesn't fit the way that you've lived 
da da da. We're gonna try to drop guard so that you can actually hear the message. Do you feel like it works? Like you've been at the brick for a while now. By your assessment, do you feel like being seeker friendly ultimately leads to deeper development, deeper discipleship, deeper connection, deeper more uh, mature believers, you know, whatever terminology your church background might be, do you feel like they do it? Do you feel like being welcoming, being easy to take in, fighting to try to make sure everything we say from the stage connects to who don't know Jesus ultimately leads to the deeper relationship with Jesus? So, yes, I do. Um, It's, I think, so I think the reason, one of the reasons why people would put us in the category of seeker friendly is like the topics we have on stage like they're just like we've talked about it before like they're just some topics that won't touch the stage and um some people think that that means you're holding back the gospel and i think i think it's that seems like a valid thing to think like whenever you're, you're like well they just won't talk about certain parts of the bible or they won't talk about certain topics that are like social issues or like whatever um until like you see until you see how it works so it's like the people that are that hear the things we talk about on the stage like the ones who who haven't come to know Jesus who aren't Christians yet like some things are just they're just going to push people away if you don't understand that the things written in the bible about how to live your life how to do certain things are out of love um like if you don't know that God is love first, then it's definitely hard to to hear things, right? Like if you don't know that you're loved, then it, you can't hear the person that's talking to you. And so, I think what happens is people don't see or the people that like see that we're seeker friendly. They just see the the stage topics. They just see the conversations that are having from the stage. What they don't see are the people that like open up themselves to the possibility of Jesus. And then because of the topics that have been talked about on the stage, they're diving deep actually in their own time. They're actually worshiping in their own time. They're actually going to seek out conversations in their own time. And it's in that that I think that like you just you people are developing more than you think that they are. And like not that those top those stage topics can't develop you on their own. It's just like I think what they can do is open you to an interest where you'll actually take initiative to also be doing things on your own time. And that's what I've seen a lot here. I think it's interesting <coughs> because, like, in almost every arena of life that you try to learn something or that you try to grow in or you try to develop a new skill you're adding or college, high school, elementary school, <coughs> you build things in layers. Yeah. Right? Like, <coughs> my daughter is going into third grade, and they aren't teaching her calculus. Right. <coughs> Cool, because she doesn't even understand how to do division yet. So how in the world is she going to figure out what calculus is? Like, and it seems absurd, right? Like, well, well, of course they wouldn't do that. Yeah, we don't do that anywhere. Yeah. Like, everything's about layers. If you're building a house, the foundation is crucial. You can't skip the step on foundation. You can't build the whole house on sand. Of course, it's going to fall apart. (laughs) So to me, when it comes to the way you know we do church individually here at the brick church <laughs> it's realizing first things have to come first yeah <clears throat> you don't care what people know until you know that they care yeah uh and i think what happens a lot in life can unfortunately i think the capital c church as a general rule has been 
you know, really bad at this because <laughs> we think people should just accept truths because we already know them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? So I think oftentimes what will happen is like people have been following Jesus for years. And so there are some things to them that just seem second nature. That, of course, it's a, like the Bible is the most amazing thing ever. We should live by it. It's the authoritative word of God. Da, da, da. But it's like there's a season, though. There's a moment where that wasn't two plus two equals four for you. Yeah. And what I think happens a lot when we get in the churches, we, are, we get far enough removed from when we really had to wrestle for what we believe because we don't have empathy anymore for people's struggles. And, like, you have all these things in Scripture where it's like John's writing and he says, we love because he first loved us. Like, our starting point is his love for us, not the other way around. And so when you come to a church, like, in my opinion, it doesn't actually matter what you're saying from stage if everything before that moment is pushing me out the door. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's like, I think sometimes we think that people should just organically accept God for God. And I'm like... I mean, I think there's a reason Jesus said, you'll know my disciples by the way that they love. Yeah. Well, because you've got to start somewhere. Like at some yeah. point you have to look like the guy that you're inviting me to for me to believe there's any real weight to what you're saying. Kind of think when we get in the church sometimes, we want people to just show up and want to go on a hour and a half long sermon where we're breaking down line by line of scripture and we're going deep dive and we're talking about hermeneutics and Greek and Hebrew and it's like man they just showed up first time ever and it doesn't seem like it translates like it doesn't work that way because you're trying to teach me calculus but you haven't taught me addition yet yeah and I think we try to flip this thing all the time and one of my favorite things I think I've ever heard heard Irwin say again Erwin McManus uh, from Mosaic say something earlier this week, and he said that <clears throat> truth should never travel faster than love. Wow. <clears throat> I like that. And if you were to ask me <clears throat> why we as the Brick Church are unapologetically a seeker-friendly church, it's <clears throat> because I wholeheartedly believe that statement. Yeah. That truth can never travel faster than love. Like, I got to know you love me. Far before you can communicate a difficult truth, before you can try to tell me I need to change my life, and I think God understood that. Yeah. I think God under got that. I think He knew that. I think He saw how humanity was built, <clears throat> so He sent Jesus. I think the whole point behind Jesus' life to win us back is so that we could see first. Yeah. Like He served first. He loved first. He sacrificed first. Like there is no thing that God is asking of us that He has not led the way with from the jump. And it is a whole lot easier to walk the life he's called me to, to process what it means for me and what areas of my life need to adapt, shift, change, what parts of my life I need to let go. If I wholeheartedly believe that you love me, yeah. that you have good for me, <clears throat> and it's the same way when parents and kids have healthy dynamics. Because my kids believe that I want good for them. They're not going to want to fight me like tooth and nail with everything I say because of a general belief he's been good to me yeah. my daddy loves me he has good for me and while I might have questions if push comes to shove I'm a lean on like his guidance his yeah. wisdom kind of think as the church that's how we see this because <clears throat> that far before we start talking about what parts of your life 
you've got to grow and you might need to adapt, you might need to change, you might need to let go of. I first want you to understand very simply, this church loves you yeah. and believes in you and thinks there's beautiful, incredible things waiting for you, that there's a community of people in this church who are messy just like you. Okay, none of us have figured this thing out. None of us are perfect. None of us have seen heaven and come back. Like, like we're all fighting for the same thing. And when you come into a church and it's welcoming and it's not asking you to get changed before you come in or to, to not say this or to not do this, it's actually just happy you're here. Yeah. What that does is it creates space for you to drop guards. You start to believe, huh, maybe there's something to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, how many places in your life do you have where you can go somewhere and unashamedly be you? Like, how many places do you have where you really can walk in a room and just know we all get it? We're all on the same page. Like, yep, no, none of us are perfect. We're all fighting. Like, when you can achieve that, what it does in the way that it creates room for God to move is nothing short of supernatural. Yeah. And it's because we've tried our best to eliminate the the difficulties where you got here. It's like... uh, (laughs) One of my good friends, Joshua Knowles, is um, in the social uh, uh, social work field. Uh, and when he was in college, he gave me a book. I can't remember the name of the book. But the book basically talked about how, like, people really can't hear what you have to say until their physical needs are met. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. if I'm starving, you aren't going to help me with my addiction. Yeah. If I have nowhere to sleep and I'm out in the cold, like the only thing I care about is making it to tomorrow, not whether or not my future can be better. And I think in a much less severe way, I think that's what the church can be, yeah. is we can meet so many physical needs, so many guards that you have other places that we can drop enough of those way before you ever get to the what does the practical step I need to take today. So as a church, that's what we're passionate about, yeah. is we're passionate about trying to create space where you are comfortable enough that God can come in and call you to the steps, yeah. right? Because following Jesus isn't easy. It's difficult. And I don't think we need to be making it harder for you to figure out who he is. We need to be making that easier. One of my right. favorite things that Jared says a lot is like the church should be a hospital for the broken. Yeah. That like our Sunday experience is meant for you to come in. If you're bleeding out, we're going to suture you. Yeah. We'll worry about physical rehab after the fact. But right now you've got a gaping hole that if we don't get this thing sutured for you, you're going to bleed out on the operating table. We're not worried about how fast you can run, yeah. right? No, no, no. Let's get this thing taken care of. And so for us, that's kind of our dynamic, yeah. and I love it. I'm unashamedly for it. I love the title Seeker Friendly. I would wear it as a badge of honor if I could. I think it's fantastic, and I absolutely believe <clears throat> it's how God's called us to be. And I think part of the reason I love it so much, because <clears throat> I don't really have an example of the opposite working. So if we're a seeker-friendly church, would you say that it's important to us that you develop or that you are discipled or that you become more mature? I'm trying to hit all the phrases because yeah, yeah. every church background has you know nuanced ways to basically communicate yeah. becoming more mature. So we're unashamedly seeker-friendly, right? We're about to use blockbuster movies on stage. That's a very seeker-friendly thing to do. And we're not apologizing for, but would you say that that's all that matters? Like, is the church supposed to only be an operating room or do we have places where we're giving you the physical rehab? Does it matter to us that you don't just get the hole in your chest healed, but that you actually become healthy again? Yeah. So yes, I, I, 
I think we do put like an importance on that. Me and you have had conversations. So like I was in your student ministry for like from the time I was 16 until like I was now I'm like a part of the student ministry as a leader. Right. And I'm 20 now. And you spent three years pouring into me so that whenever we had to have a hard conversation about something, I knew that like, yeah, I'm not just going to like bail out of here because this dude called me out on something. You know what I mean? Like I'm not just going to, and I think had we not had that, like had we not had, had had I not known that you, you actually cared for me, you actually love me and you actually want what's best for me and what uh, God's call in my life to like actually happen. <clears throat> had I not known that, and that same conversation, those kind of conversations happened, I've probably been like, you know what? Like, this place is like, no, nah, I can just go somewhere else and this, this isn't going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But instead, what I recognized was that you would put time into sitting, like, sitting down with me and answering all of my questions for hours when you had other places to be. Like, I knew that even before we had those conversations, I knew that one time I walked in the door and I told you I liked your shoes and you asked me if I wanted them. Like, <laughs> there were like, there were just so many moments like that that stacked up for me where I was like, no, there's, there's enough here where I know this guy wants the best for me. And I don't think he would just be saying this, like, just to say it, you know what I mean? And so <clears throat> the fact that we had those conversations let me know that the development is important. And I, I think those conversations led to more conversations and like, and eventually because of those conversations, like we're in a spot now where like I'm developing, I'm actually learning how to do communication. I'm actually branching out other parts of the church. And that's not because you guys forced me to, that's yeah. not because you guys said like, this is your next step. It was just like, you guys were asking questions. You guys were letting me kind of fill things out. And I think had that been, had that been a structured thing that everyone goes through the exact same way, like I had I not fit that mold, I, like I don't think that I would be where I'm at. But because you guys, because the way that our church is wired, we understand that not everyone's the same. Not everyone's journey to Jesus that's is going to really look the good. same. And I think that's where it comes comes in. It's like if if we expect everyone to do the physical rehab in the same amount of months, then there's a lot of people who are just going to quit. But instead we leave room to adjust things accordingly. And yeah. it's like, as long as you're taking more steps today than you were yesterday, then we're still on the right track. That's good. Yeah, I love that. I kind <clears throat> of agree, and I've been the benefactor of it myself. So I, <clears throat> I think one of the most beautiful things about our church is we have, like, we're, we're comfortable with your journey. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> you know, like, I don't feel the need to defend to you that the sun is bright. Right. <clears throat> Cool, because all you got to do is open your eyes once you walk out the door and look at it. <laughs> it's clear as day. I think it's bright as a mug. Kind of think, as far as the church is concerned, I'm really confident <clears throat> in Jesus' ability to be who Jesus is. Yeah. And so since I know and believe with my whole heart that he has a deep desire for you to know him and that he wants to love you and pour into you and help create a beautiful future for you, I don't feel the need to push you to grow a certain rate. Uh and the seasons of life where I where I am tempted, that's what I have to do is I have to remind myself, like, no, 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 it's not my job to grow that person. Mm -hmm. Jesus is going to take care of the individual. My job is to love them well and create opportunities for them to grow, give yeah. them room to run, lanes for them to grow and stretch their gifts and talents and call into. <clears throat> and so as a church, we believe that if we could suture the hole in your chest, 
well, no one wants to stay on the operating table forever. Yeah. <clears throat> Probably like, I don't know anybody that's gone into a hospital and wanted to stay in the hospital. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I mean, I'm, maybe there's somebody out there, <laughs> but I know nobody that just loves chilling in the hospital in the OR room, right? Like, it, no one wants to sit in those tiny rooms and eat that food every day for the rest of their life. <clears throat> no, once you're not bleeding out, you have a desire to run again, to jump again, to play again, to live life again. <clears throat> and so I think once you come to Jesus, I think it's natural to want to get to know him more. And as a church, we're, we trust that. We're, we trust that that will happen. <clears throat> and so we create space for that. What would you say are some of the ways we we process discipleship or uh, what are some ways that we give people room to grow or uh, where's, what's the physical training yeah. in that analogy inside of our church? So what you'll find is, and I think maybe this is the reason why uh, people might look at our church and be like, like, think that people aren't developing is because what happens when people are developing in our church is they're actually serving. So people look in the congregation and they think that people aren't developing because it seems like only the people around like that are working at the church or the develop or like wh- however, however it looks it's like because that's how we develop here people start serving and then they get to ask questions and then you guys have like there is no shortage of opportunities here if you want to yeah. serve like there are things to do if you want to to dive deeper into that there are things you can do and so i think because it's so ingrained in the church that like we are the church as soon as it's time to develop that's what you start doing. Like yeah. you start becoming the hands and feet of Jesus. And I think that's what development looks like in our church. <laughs> that's cool. I love, uh, <clears throat> I love that you say serving because it really is like a core value for us because um, if, if we say what most churches would say, I don't know very many churches that would say that you as a human being don't have a God given thing, like yeah. something you were made to do that you have a unique piece of your soul. God wants to use to make, for the good of the people around you. Like, I can't think of a church that wouldn't say that. <clears throat> Yet, I can think of a lot of times where as the church we haven't created moments <clears throat> to see that that's true. Yeah. Right? Like, we'll tell you that you're special, but we're going to create a bunch of hurdles for you to get to be there, which is one of the reasons why I think it's difficult and why I think sometimes the church feels like it doesn't get the world because we're trying to get you to calculus without getting you the addition, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're not... We're, we're overcomplicating things that are simple. And so as a church, like <clears throat> something that seems like it might not be a big deal. And like, I love that we're doing it at the movies. Cause it's a perfect example to me. I remember coming to the church thinking at the movies sounds really corny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll just watch the movie. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't need you to clip it for me. <clears throat> right. Cause I think the movie's good enough. I'll watch it. I just, I remember thinking it feels really gimmicky too. Right. Like, okay. They're giving me some popcorn. I'm going to come watch a movie. Like, <clears throat> And then I got here, <clears throat> and I saw there was more to that story. Mm-hmm. I saw how incredible the sermons were and how unique the messages are. But, like, the first time I was here for and at the movies, so we do the lobby up real big. So our lobby right now looks like you walked right into a Western. Like, there is literally storefronts inside our lobby. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, I feel like I jumped right into the Midwest. And they look like like shops. Like, yeah. you open... I mean, it's crazy. <clears throat> and, you know, the part that's fascinating is you'll come in, you're like, this place is epic. But, like, it took a team of people doing that yeah. for it to happen. And that was the first moment I realized, like, man, how simple is that? Yeah. 
like if I'm just a, if, if I'm a guy, right, and I feel like the church isn't really for me, but I work with my hands a lot. We just created an opportunity for you to build something. And I have watched men come in who are like really not sure about the whole church thing, but like they got some skills. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to flex a little bit. And they flex because they got skills. But in the process of building, they built a bunch of relationships. Yeah. Like I legitimately have some really good friends right now that like the, the foundation of that was built during a build week. Yeah. Like I've got a great friend of mine, uh, Bryce Clark, his kid comes to switch and his wife, Andy serves in switch. And they're like two of the coolest people in the world. You know, the first time I met Bryce, had a conversation with him, build week. And I found out this dude can basically turn metal into anything. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy gifted. Like it was the yeah. most absurd thing in the world. I remember looking at some of the stuff he built. I was like, you didn't build that. Like, it took me almost two builds to believe this man was actually out there in the lab making this stuff. Like, what? But he kills it, and he's yeah. incredible. And it's like, without Build Week, how would his gift got? How would his gift been given room to, to run? And so as a church, we look for opportunities to create spaces for you to serve. But maybe serving isn't your first step, and connecting is, which is one of the reasons we do, like, life groups. Yeah. Try to create spaces where people hang out. Basically, all this said... We're unapologetically seeker-friendly, but we are also deeply passionate about you becoming everything God called you to be. And so our methodology is we're going to make this thing as comfortable as possible. This is a place you can belong before you believe. There are no prerequisites. There are no requirements. Man, just come hang out. Come be a part. Come see this place is different. These people are awesome, and Jesus is incredible. And when you find out that that's true, and when you decide that it's your time, that you're ready to trust Jesus with your life and start this faith journey that's incredible, well, now we are going to do our best to create the best possible steps for you individually to step in to become everything you can be. And that's where the actual care for people comes in. If I actually care about you, then I will do what's necessary to see you win. You know that I love my kids because I will do whatever it takes to see Axius, Emery, and Ember become everything God's called them to be. If that's true for the church, then there will be no shortage of hurdles that you will jump through to see people win. It isn't the other way around, right? Like, if I actually care about you, I'm not trying to make it harder for you to test your faith before you can be a part. No, no, no. I'm going to get as creative as I can. To help you just get to be a part of anything. So yeah. you can find out this is good. This is amazing. God is good. And he's got a lot that he wants to do through you. Uh, and it's my favorite thing about our church. Is we not only make you feel welcome. We don't make it hard for you to be a part. Yeah, You can step in day one and come be a part of the church. We don't have some you know 16 week course to become a member. You want to be a member of the big church, brick church? Show up. Yeah. You're here? Oh, bet you're a member. This is your home church? You're a member. Welcome to the Brick Church, right? We're not jumping through a bunch of hurdles. Why? Because we just want you to be here. Yeah. If you'll stick around long enough, God will show up and be exactly who he says he is. So we are without question unapologetically seeker-friendly and deeply passionate about seeing people become everything God has called them to be. You got anything you want to say before we close this one out? Man, uh, I just want to say, first off, thank you for talking. For, for, thank you for hosting this thing today. Yeah. This is really cool. You had some really cool questions. This is a cool topic. Also, uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, I just want to remind everyone that if you are listening to this specifically on Spotify, there will be a question uh, below this episode. So you can slide up and you can actually respond to that thing. 
And uh, once we get start getting a bunch of responses, we'll start uh, replying to those things at the at the beginning of the episodes, maybe. So like, it's a pretty cool thing. I think it's cool. I like the the whole uh, being being able to interact with the audience and like kind of the two way communication instead of you know just kind of the one way. So, anyways, um, but no, that's that's all I got, man. I love it. We love y'all. Thank you for listening. Um, this is easily one of our favorite parts of the week. Uh, and like Preston said, we love the interaction. So we want this to be as organic as possible. So hit us up with any questions and feedbacks and like always make sure that you like comment subscribe share like crazy so we can continue to build this awesome community that we're working towards we love y'all like crazy and we will see you next week love you brother love you too bro